From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. Well, it's been an extraordinary week here in the nation's capital. First, Democrats officially won control of the Senate after a pair of runoff elections in Georgia, turning the typically Republican stronghold a light shade of blue. Then on Wednesday, supporters of President Donald Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol, overwhelming police and forcing lawmakers to flee a joint session of Congress where they were taking the final steps to ratify the results of the November 3 presidential election. They ultimately finished that work early this morning, and we are recording this podcast just hours later. Meanwhile, the Small Business Administration and Treasury Department have been busy and released the eagerly awaited guidance for the next round of Paycheck Protection Program funding provided in the $900 billion stimulus bill. We have a lot to cover today, and I'm very glad that my colleague Stu Basu, Capitol Hill reporter for Bloomberg Tax, is joining me to break it all down. Stu, welcome. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Stu, we're going to get into the stimulus bill in a moment. But first, we have to talk about what took place here yesterday. You work on the Hill. You you talk to lawmakers daily. What do you make of all this? So, uh, you know, I should mention that I wasn't on the Hill yesterday, but some of my Bloomberg colleagues were. And it it was a terrifying day uh, in every possible way. You know, this has essentially been my and other reporters who work on the Hill. We, we work out of that place every day, every working day. And before yesterday, uh, my colleagues and I thought that it was one of the most secure places in the United States. Now that changed. And it was terrifying to watch the scenes play out on the TV, the corridors where we hang out every day, being taken over by an unruly mob bent on, you know, destruction. And so uh, it was terrifying, uh, but hopefully moving forward, you know, there will be some changes made so that this doesn't happen again. Uh, But kudos to uh, the Bloomberg reporters who worked there yesterday under a lot of stress and were able to kind of tell our readers uh, what was going on, a play-by-play account as things transpired during the day. So let's talk about legislation. Um, Just after Christmas, President Trump signed into law an appropriations measure that funds the government, but also provided additional relief for U.S. workers and small businesses still struggling due to the pandemic. Stu, walk us through what some of the key relief provisions in the bill. This is aimed as a stimulus measure. What's in there? Sure. So this is essentially a $900 billion relief bill. Uh, What's in there? Uh, There's uh, unemployment uh, checks for 10 more weeks through mid-March. This is there's a $300 supplement payment each week, very similar uh, to what was done uh, last year, where uh, there was a supplement of $600 per week for those uh, who were unemployed. the aid package uh, includes uh, Paycheck Protection Program loans. Uh, that was also part of the CARES Act that passed in March. There's a employee retention tax credit for employers uh, who keep employees on their rolls. Uh, there's an expansion of the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit. 
Well, and Congress also made an important um, tax clarification for business owners who took out Paycheck Protection Program loans in the spring. The PPP program, that's the stimulus relief program aimed at helping small businesses keep their employees on the payroll. What did Congress decide as it relates to um, the tax deductibility issue related to expenses? And what what does that mean for small businesses? Right. So, you know, this latest aid package, it included about $284 billion for the Paycheck Protection Program. And they addressed a thing... Uh, this bill that has been brewing for several months now. And what's that? It clarified that business owners can write off expenses paid for with forgiven PPP loans. And what does that mean for businesses? It will give them a tax break that that is about $100 billion according to some estimates. So, uh, you know, this had been kind of... Uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin and leaders in Congress, they had gone back and forth on whether this should be allowed, but uh, this has finally been clarified in law, and it gives a break to many small businesses that are struggling right now. Uh, well, Stu, I also want to ask about one of our favorite topics, tax extenders, those popular tax breaks that lawmakers re-up annually. Um, Congress actually extended a few of those perks for much longer and put a few in the tax code. So who's the biggest beneficiary of these changes? You know, tax extenders uh, are referred to in Washington, D.C. as the cockroaches of tax policy because they always survive. (laughs) And sure enough, they did. Um, You know, there there were about 30 tax breaks that were expiring at the end of the year. And um, almost all of them got extended. But, you know, one of the most important tax breaks... Uh, that was driving this entire package was an excise tax break for brewers, uh, wineries, and distillers. And that was made permanent. Now, this break had bipartisan support. And, uh, you know, breweries and wineries are really hurting because of the pandemic. There are other kind of uh, provisions that have gone gone multi-year extensions. Uh, you know, some have gotten one-year extension. Uh, Ways and Means ranking member Kevin Brady, he for three years now has been saying that we either need to get rid of some extenders, make some permanent, and get done with this annual circus. And that process started in earnest this year because, you know, some got made permanent. There's a, another provision there called short-line railroads. It's a tax break for railroads uh, that, you know, transfer goods from factories to uh, other main lines. And, you know, that was made permanent again. So, you know, some of these biggest drivers of the extenders package uh, are being made permanent, uh, just like uh, Brady had pushed for for many years. However, however, there are provisions in the 2017 tax law that begin expiring in the coming years. So that would add another wrinkle to this annual exercise and perhaps change it forever. The Senate um, flipped control with the results of this week's Georgia elections. What does that mean for tax policy going forward? And might we see yet another stimulus bill if, if Democrats are controlling both the House, Senate and the White House? Sure. Uh, In some ways, everything changed this week uh, with the two Georgia Senate runoff seats. Uh, It basically means that there's another tax bill coming, which will use uh, 
uh, fast track budget process called reconciliation to try and pass tax legislation. Uh, there's another stimulus bill coming for sure. Uh, you know, when, when this last bill uh, was passing in December, Democrats said that it was a down payment for the next bill. Uh, so uh, we don't exactly know what the timing might be, but um, the incoming Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, uh, has already said that one of the party's first moves would be uh, uh, $2,000 stimulus check payments. And then, you know, I we I can see a kind of slew of tax changes coming, uh, some of which were part of the Biden tax plan that he unveiled uh, as a presidential candidate. Uh, so it means, uh, you know, more taxes for high-income earners, those making 400000 and over, increase in the capital gains tax rates, uh, maybe an increase in the corporate tax rate. But, you know, the, the Senate majority the Democrats have is really thin, and they have to kind of keep people like Joe Manchin on board. Uh, so I don't know if the corporate tax rate is going to go from 21 to 28, but, you know, there might be a compromise in the works. So all these things are in the mix. Uh, but keep in mind that the Democratic majority, both in the House and the Senate, are really narrow. So they will have to make some comp- compromises. They'll have to kind of temper their expectations uh, and it'll be a narrower bill. But having said that, everything changed this week. Uh, And, you know, the Biden tax agenda is looking much more promising now than it was uh, looking at the end of December. Well, it sounds like you have a busy uh, couple opening to your 2021, Stu. Thank you so much for joining us today. Stu Bastu is a Capitol Hill reporter for Bloomberg Tax. You're very welcome. Uh, It was great to be here. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And share your thoughts with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. That's at T-A-X. Talking Tax is produced by Amanda Icone and David Schultz. Kathy Larson is our editor. Thanks for listening to this week's edition. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. This is Adam Ellington, and I'm here to announce a new season of Uncommon Law, a narrative podcast series from Bloomberg Law. My co-hosts and I will speak with African-American attorneys and hear their perspectives on how big law is, or in some cases, isn't adapting to become more diverse and inclusive. It's not fair, but what can be better than being on the front lines of helping to make this country better for all of us? If not us, who? If not now, when? Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts.